Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Uh, this morning, as I said just a little bit ago, we're going to be talking about fresh wind and fresh fire this morning. Uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't have to believe in the Holy Spirit. He believes in himself, but uh, I believe in what he is doing. And uh, this morning, I want to take a, a little opportunity to just share my heart and, and uh, about what the Lord is doing in here in me. And then also what I want him to do in the church. Uh, Pastor Chris came up here and actually just knelt there and prayed for a while. And, uh, and then helped pray around the altars for a little bit. Carol did too. I like that. Uh, but the altars are important. Uh, the Holy Spirit moving in our midst is important. Uh, and it's very interesting that... Down through history, I, I, I like history, I'm not a big history buff or whatever, but I like history. Uh, there's been three really, really great awakenings uh, in, in America uh, down through the, the many, many years that we've been uh, in existence. The first one was in about 1740, uh, and if you remember that the people uh, landed on Plymouth Rock in the 1620s, so 120 years has passed between the, uh, the, the landing on the rock and then the, uh, uh, this great revival. And what had happened during all these years is, uh, matter of fact, you, you read the history and you go, you know, the, the pilgrims came for freedom and they came for uh, uh, liberty of, of, you know, the, the Spirit of God. But really what happened is after the church was formed and, and it was full and people were worshiping God, same thing happened back then as happens from time to time in our history. The church fell off, uh, uh, heathenism took over, all kinds of crazy things took place. Uh, uh, and, and then, you, matter of fact, the, the witch trials were uh, in, in that time. And you know, we, we Christians get blamed for the witch trials. It wasn't really the Christians that were doing it. It was crazy people doing it. And, uh, and so they, in, in 1740, uh, guys like Jonathan Edwards and George Whitefield came along and had incredible, incredible revival. And I'm talking about a revival that touched from uh, shore to shore of, of the American people. And, and it changed lives. Well, about 60 years later, in 1800, people like Charles Finney came along. And revival broke out again. Uh, and it's been, and, and a lot of their revivals uh, were in open fields. They didn't have big buildings to preach in, so uh, it was open field. And so whether you had a snowstorm, a rainstorm, or anything, you just came and you, and you were part of that service that day. And then 55 years later, there was another great uh, outpouring take place. And it was the Sunday school movement was formed there. Uh, and, and a lot of uh, uh, cell groups, uh, prayer cell groups was formed. And literally, literally, literally thousands and thousands of people came to Jesus Christ. And uh, so my question is, uh, 
Uh, and I know that America's had some uh, regional revivals and things such as that down through, but nothing that has really shaken America to, to its core. Uh, matter of fact, uh, you've heard me preach from time to time, if you've been with me, about people always saying that our founding fathers were all Christians. Well, that's not the case. They, they weren't all Christians. Uh, you say, well, how did we get all our Christian documents and, and God placed in the place? Well, God saw a need that, that they need to be at least uh, uh, given the examples of Christianity, have the Spirit of God flow. And so that's why some of these revivals take place. So when they got to uh, forming the government and signing all the documents, they were at least influenced by a great revival. And so they wrote our scriptures, they wrote our scriptures, they, they wrote our, our papers and everything based on what they were in the midst of, and it was a great revival. And I would ask you a very simple question. What has happened uh, to America many times because we haven't had that great a revival yet for quite some time? And, and, and I would say that, uh, you know, the 20th century has been uh, one of uh, sort of godlessness. We keep slip sliding away from the things of God. And, and I think the church has come to a place where we accommodate the world. And so I would say one of the reasons that took, uh, took us from great revivals to uh, where we really shouldn't be sometimes is accommodation. Again, you go back in history and you go to the 1800s and you run across guys like uh, uh, Charles uh, Darwin. Everybody knows him. Uh, the uh, Origin of the Species was written in 1859 and the theory of evolution came out of that. Uh, and then you have this crazy guy called Sigmund Freud which comes along and, and he starts uh, uh, talking about the, 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 uh, that, that everything that is wrong with society is about uh, environmental conditions it's not sin we shouldn't have to repent to God for anything it's just how we were raised uh, and I, I've been around long enough to know that there are some terrible ways to be raised there's abuse and there's a, a mistreatment and there's abandonment and, and so I realize that uh, uh, that this uh, environmental conditions do affect us but the deal is, what he was talking about, is that we, are not, uh, we don't have to repent for anything. We don't have to get God's forgiveness. It's just what's happened to us. And what has happened is very interesting. The church for many, many, many years now has tried to uh, get science to uh, sort of tell about creation and, and the church sort of buys in. I've heard this said, I've, I've read books about this that, well, you know, the way God uh, created uh, uh, all of us people in our worlds is through evolution. Well, no. You know, at the Big Bang Theory, well, when God got ready, he just banged it and it happened, you know. It wasn't through an evolutionary. Uh, you and I were not monkeys at one time. We were not something else at one time. We were born and created in the image of God. That's how we were created. And so the Bible uh, has come to that place where, you know, the, the miracles were discredited uh, in the Bible. The Bible was in question. Matter of fact, uh, creation was the one that was being questioned, not evolution. Well, creation, it's, that's stupid. Let's believe in evolution. And even in the church, it was being taught a little bit and, and started, you know, coming around to, to being a mainstay. But somewhere in the neighborhood of 1850 through uh, the 1900s and beyond, 
there was something that happened here in America. It is in a place called uh, Topeka, Kansas. If you've done study of, the, uh, of uh, the church, the Assemblies of God especially, you'll find out that in Topeka, Kansas, there was a, uh, a small college, if you will. And the people that were heading up the college, uh, they had a lot of students there. So they told the students, we want you to find out uh, by studying the Word of God, what is the evidence of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And so the students, as a matter of fact, I understand that the professors sort of went away for a while and maybe vacation or something. They come back and they find all these kids uh, speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And uh, they're all scratching their head and they're going, what, what happened here? Well, we have found out that this is the evidence uh, of the Holy Spirit being baptized into our hearts and our lives. And so uh, not very long after that, there were people coming from all over, uh, seeking and, and, and finding this incredible thing taking place in Topeka, Kansas. And now the, the, this ideal of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Pentecostalism, it has literally went around the world. It is around the world and is making a, a huge impact. It is because these people around the 1850s and on up to 1900s started doing something very interesting. They started taking the Bible seriously. They started to accept the miracles of Jesus. And they sought for purity of life and sort of a separation, not from the people of the world, but from the world itself. And so again, this, this took place, and now the Assemblies of God, which we are a part of, uh, formed uh, in 1903 and all that kind of stuff, and, and we got missionaries and we got churches, and, and matter of fact, for a while, the Assemblies of God was the fastest growing denomination in the world in America. And so we were planting churches, and, and we were being popped up, and every place was full. We used to have, uh, uh, whenever I was just a teenager in church, uh, uh, Sunday night was the biggest uh, service that we had. You say, well, why? Because everybody that went to other churches on Sunday morning came to uh, the Assembly of God Church on Sunday night to find out what in the world's going on over there. And they, they received the Holy Spirit. They, they were blessed with the, the movement of God in their hearts and their lives. Of course, you had some people, uh, I love this kind of stuff. Well, all of that is of the devil. <laughs> Did you know we're all of the devil in here? goes on and says it's inappropriate for the modern uh, believers uh, it is just pure emotionalism, fanaticism. It's, it's really anti-intellectual to, to believe in this stuff. But it all goes back to a, a place in the Word of God, uh, Acts 2, 1 through 4, that says, When the day of Pentecost came, uh, they were all together in one place suddenly. Like a sound of a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They did see tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The day of Pentecost is an incredible, incredible day in the history of the church. Now, I, I have went, since I came back, I've went to a variety of churches. 
Uh, and, and, of course, this is my favorite one. But I went to, uh, you know, Christian churches and, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of Baptists, whatever. Do you realize that they have the Holy Spirit operating in their, in their church? Maybe not baptized in the Holy Spirit as we know it. But the Holy Spirit wants to move wherever He is allowed to move. There's some sweet spirit of the Lord everywhere. But I want to tell you this morning that we were formed as a group and an organization in this hotbed, if you will, of the moving of the Spirit. And whenever you uh, find out that, well, now we're closing as many churches as we're opening, uh, uh, attendance is way down in the assemblies, you scratch your head and you say, well, why? Well, some people may say, well, we're, not, we're, we're too fanatical. We need to get rid of tongues and get rid of the, the moving of the Spirit, and we'll have better church. Well, I don't think that's the answer. I, th- I think the answer is going back to that place where we take the Word of God seriously. We allow the Holy Spirit to move in our midst. I mean, wasn't this wonderful this morning? And I would encourage you to respond to the altar. We got enough time. (laughs) We really do. That's what church is all about. If if we came on a Sunday morning and we sing great songs, and they do great uh, leading us in worship, and we do that and we preach a good, solid message, and then we go home, we've missed a great part of what God wants to do because God wants to minister and meet to each every person that is here. And so you come to this place where you say, Pentecost. Well, matter of fact, Pentecost simply means just 50, and, and, and we, we know it if you studied. It was a part of the annual Jewish holiday, uh, 50 days after Passover. It was the day that Moses went to Mount Sinai, and, and it, even in Jewish history, it was the ingathering of the harvest. That was the moment that that happened. But I want to tell you, God is still interested in meeting with people. And I know that Pastor Chris Stutt, well, there's two, both of them are interested in God doing what he wants to do. And I, I've, I've talked to our, our new pastor uh, often. We, we text occasionally and FaceTime occasionally. We talk about services. We talk about what's going on. And he's hungry to see the Holy Spirit move here like never before. He's, he's hungry to see this place filled just like always. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, God, I've said this over and over again for many years, God loves people more than we do. God wants to save people more than we want them saved. God wants to fill this place with people more than we want to see it. You say, well, what's so important about numbers? Oh, give me a break. Numbers mean souls. Numbers mean healed people. Numbers mean people that have come to to express themselves in the workings of the church, to be a part of uh, something in the church, to to volunteer uh, for this or this in the church where where we're going to broaden out what we're doing here in the church. There's three occurrences that happen in the scriptures I read to you. There was the blowing of the violet wind. There was the tongues that separated and came to rest upon them. And I want to tell you that fire and wind is pretty, pretty tough stuff. 
Uh, after all of our years of scientific advancement, uh, we still really can't do much about that wind. Now, I, I don't, some of you know sort of where we live, uh, Jackie and I. Matter of fact, today we're having Christmas at our house. We were going to have Christmas at our house, uh, and then the 150 below zero came. And we decided, well, let's not do that then. And so we rescheduled for today. And so Jeff and JL and the kids and everybody's there getting ready for Christmas. But we live in a wind tunnel. If you've been to my house for any length of time, you can stand on our porch. And if it's windy, which it mostly is, it can carry you away. Jackie has a little dog about like that, and you let him out to go do his little thing, and he's blowing across the road, you know. We live in a wind tunnel, and there's really nothing you can do to stop the wind. You know, you can put up something, you know, block it, whatever. It's just not possible to do anything about wind. And, of course, we know about fire. It destroys, and it, and it changes things. Well, I want to tell you that the, the Holy Spirit is like that. He doesn't want to be controlled. He doesn't like being controlled. He will go down to the next church. If this church won't let him have freedom, he'll go find some place that he can be free to do his thing. And it's amazing that many churches, and I don't, I don't find anything wrong with this, they like nice, safe church services. You like nice, safe church services? Whenever I grew up in Pentecost, of course, you know, I've been in, in this all my life, the old Pentecost was quite scary sometimes. <laughs> how, many, how many grew up in a Pentecostal church? Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. It was, it was wild and crazy. You didn't know what was going to go on next. And, and, and I would invite people to come to church with me as a young kid. Hey, hey you know, come to church and they were having this and this going on. Okay. And then I would start praying, oh, God. Let nothing happen weird at church today. You know, let, 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 us, let us keep control of this service. Uh, you know, uh, we have a bulletin, Lord. Can we please just do the bulletin? That's what the Lord did to me. Laughed at me. He says, I don't give a rip what is on the back of your bulletin. It's fine to plan. I think planning is good. Having an A, B, C, and D. A matter of fact, the praise team asked me this morning for service, Pastor, what, what's the plan today? I said, well, to have church. I don't think that helped them much, you know. To have church, that's all we're doing. We're having church. And they had church, and now we're having church a little differently here. But let me tell you, the Lord cannot be put in a box somewhere. He cannot just look at our bulletin and say, okay, let's see Three minutes here, I'm going to jump in. And two minutes over there, you're going to let me have a little bit of leeway. No, it is the Holy Spirit doing what He wants to do at all times. Because only the Holy Spirit knows. Think about this. Now, I'm pretty sharp. I'm pretty smart. I, I, I've been around a long time. But I don't know what you need today. The Holy Spirit does. I don't know what kind of service needs to take place for you to receive something from the Lord. But you know what? The Holy Spirit does. And so the Holy Spirit comes in among us. And we let Him do His thing. And people come to an altar to be prayed for. 
last week, this week, and it's going to continue, I hope, uh, all the time. And even whenever Pastor Chris and Amy get here, it will continue, I'm sure. Why? Am I trying to prolong the service? Am I trying to prolong the praise? Am I trying to uh, make something up? Uh, no. The Bible says to call for the elders of the church, let them anoint you, they'll pray the prayer of faith, and good things will happen. And so we bring the elders down here. We bring prayer people down here. And we give you an opportunity to be touched by the Lord. And the Lord uh, draws people. And you get prayer and you go home different than when you came in. So again, this, this deal with, just take the AG for example. We started out in the early 1900s, grew, 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 biggest, fastest growing denomination in the world. And now we're like, has God changed? No, he has not. Nothing's changed except for maybe us. I believe in the power of the Spirit of God. I don't know if you think I'm anointed preaching today or not, but I have to tell you, if I'm not anointed, you need to go home. Because the anointing of the Lord makes all the difference in the world. You and I come here on a Sunday, and we say, Lord, we're not going to try to do anything. We're just going to let it happen. And we'll have a plan. We'll have a purpose. Chris will have one when he gets here. Here's our plan. Here's our outline. Here's what we're going to do, A, B, C, D, and E. By the Holy Spirit, you can do anything you want to do at any given time throughout this whole service. <clears throat> I've talked to people recently that have actually told me that, you know, this is not very common uh, around churches now. I want it to be common here. I want it to be common here. Because one of the things that built this church years ago was the freedom of the Holy Spirit. People, people being you know, drawn to an altar. Uh, uh, if, you, if you look, man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wanting us to go backwards. Uh, that's not what we're wanting to do. But the Holy Spirit moving in the church is not backwards. It's forward. People being saved is not something backward. It is forward. And you and I have the opportunity to see God do an amazing work. The growth of this church, the moving of God in this church may not look like it did years ago. It will look different. It will look better, hopefully. But souls need salvation. Pastor Chris here said, said you know, it's sort of difficult to see it uh, almost, you know, not quite full and all that kind of stuff. I would agree with that. But you know what? God's got a plan. And God's got a plan for you and I to get excited about what God's doing. So often, and I, you know, I've known it for pastoring almost 40 years now, you get in a rut where you, you're going to come, you're going to do your thing, you're going to sing a couple songs, uh, take up some offering. Did we take up offering this morning? I'm sorry, board, I resign. We'll take up offering at the end of the service. But, see, Holy Spirit, you can't get in the way of offering. Okay. That's, that's the one place we have to draw the line at. But I want to tell you, God is interested. He's interested in your heart in particular.
He's interested in this church. Now, he's, he's not interested in us in exclusion to everyone at the church. No, he's interested in all churches. But I have heard people say, for, even since I've been back, that, well, so-and-so, that church down the road, boy, they're really being blessed. Boy, I wish the Lord could do that here. What? I think there's enough of the Holy Spirit to operate in every church. Because the Scripture says that if you try to get away from, the, away from God or the Holy Spirit, He's already there wherever you go. Top of the mountain, bottom of the sea. If you cross the oceans, uh, He's already there. He's just sitting there waiting for you. And so whether you're here, whether you're at another one of our sister churches around the area, God is here, and He sees you coming, and He wants to do something in your life. And I will encourage you, uh, again, Pastor, uh, Pastor Martin said this morning that we need to take advantage of the, ch- uh, of the altar. And I believe that is a, a, a key to, uh, to your growth, the church's growth, to the Holy Spirit moving, is responding to the Lord. And so as the Lord is directing you, drawing you, doing something in your life, why don't you just say, okay, okay. You say, but I got a pot roast on and... You know, my wife likes rump roast more than pot roast, but I got a pot roast on. I, I got to get home. You can get up and leave whenever you need to at the end of the service. God wants a little bit of your time. And it's like me coming to an altar and praying and saying, Lord, I, here's my needs, here's my wants, here's my desires. Okay, I'm done. And the Lord's saying, oh, please, just hang around a little bit. Just hang around just a little bit more. Let me talk to you. Oh, what a wonderful thing. Let me close with some scriptures. You're talking about revivals accompanying wind and fire. At the creation, the Spirit of God, the wind, hovered over the waters of the deep. Genesis 2, 7, the Lord God formed the man, breathed again the wind into his nostrils. And he became a living soul. Exodus 14, he drove back the Red Sea with the wind from the Lord. Wow. The Lord spoke to Job out of a tornado. God spoke out of a great and powerful wind in 1 Kings. God sent a great wind upon the sea to deal with Jonah. The scripture says the stormy winds do his bidding. The stormy winds do his bidding. God told Ezekiel, and they they sang about some of this this morning, prophesy to the wind in order to bring life to a nation. Can these bones live? The the question was, and the the ideal of blowing on them, speaking to them, having, having things rise from the dead. God can raise anything and anyone from the dead. God says that he brings out the wind from his storehouses. If you're talking about fire, God came in a burning bush. God presents himself as a pillar of fire by night to protect and to lead. The fire of God fell when special breakthroughs were made to draw near to God. And lastly, God revealed himself as a consuming fire in Hebrews. I want to tell you, God is an incredible, incredible God. You as a congregation has a great future ahead of you. I like to talk about past sometimes. Forgive me when, I, when and if I do that. 
but it is a future that we all should be concerned about. And the future is glorious. Thank you for that amen. You say, oh, I don't know if it is or isn't. Oh, I know without a shadow of a doubt. The glorious future filled with people being saved, touched, ministered to uh, places being filled, again, not just for numbers, but for ministry. People being sent out to be missionaries. That'll be great in our future here in the church. Amen. Planting churches, helping missionaries. Uh, 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 people are, are involved in, in feeding the homeless uh, here in town uh, uh, from, from our church. Uh, man, we, we need to be operating, operating in the movement of the Spirit of God. So I want to tell you, and, and let me throw this out just in case I don't want anybody leaving thinking I said something I didn't say. Whenever you get born again, you drink of the Spirit. Anyone that's born again has the Spirit of God. I remember whenever I grew up, the preaching was, unless you speak in tongues, you don't have the Spirit of God. That's not true. You don't have the baptism of the Spirit of God. I, I, I will preach that all day long. But everyone that's born again has drank of the Spirit and has the Holy Spirit within them. So you and I are primed. We are ready to see God move in our midst in such a way. Because I guarantee you people will be interested. People want to know what's going on over there at Bedford First. And they will come to see and be a part of what God is doing. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love. Father, we, we're just amazed at you. Father, throughout all of the history, here in America at least, there's been great revivals take place that has shaken not just a region, but Lord God, all the United States. I believe that that can still happen. I still believe there can be a revival come that will change the directory, uh, Lord God, the, the trajectory of, of America and change what we're about and what we're doing. I believe, Lord God, that churches can come alive and be whole and be well and be filled with your spirit and your power and with people that are, that are pursuing you. Lord God, let us take our words seriously. Let us take, Lord God, your Holy Spirit that comes in among us. And Lord God, we allow him to search us and seek us out, to change us, to make us new, Lord God, again. And Lord God, bless this people, minister and meet every need, Lord God, they have. And Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Brothers, why don't you come? Amen. This is an odd way of finishing a service. But if you want me to be back for next Sunday, we... No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> Father, we thank you again for your spirit. We know, we know that you're going to move among us. We know that you're going to do things that will amaze every one of us. Father, as we give this morning in the offering... Let it, Lord God, be out of our hearts with love and compassion for this church to see it funded, Lord God, as it should be funded for the things of God. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You have a song for us as we... All right, I like that. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Lord. Come rest on us. As we sing this song, if you feel like your feet need to go, you're going to be free to go. You need to tell somebody you love them, give somebody a handshake, a heck around the night, connect. Or you can come to an altar and spend some time before the Lord as you leave, before you leave. It's been good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. God bless you.
Yeah.